It's a symbol uh, associated with the worship of a pagan deity. A deity? What kind of deity? Uh, a, a very obscure one, dating back to Babylonian times, named Bagul, the eater of children. Did you say eater? Yes, uh, of, of children. Welcome to Frankenstein's Podcast, where it's all about the monster. We're a creature feature podcast about monsters and why we love them. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Prasca, and with me is... Your other host, Khalid Hussain. What's up, other host? Hey, how you doing, first host? Good, good. I'm glad I'm first. Yeah, uh, just by virtue of how we do the intros. First and other. (laughs) Yeah, that's our designation in life. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, uh, I was really, I was listening to your, uh, our, our Montgomery episode on the Patreon and I, I noticed how you kind of butchered our intro, Khalid. Did I butcher it? <laughs> yeah, you did. Uh, I, I thought you would have saved it in the, in the edit. Honestly, I, okay. In that case, I blame it on our producer and editor. Yeah. F- fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Any mistakes you hear at that point, like it's out of my hands. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. Uh, that's a segue. A that's yeah, a segue. It's a, it's a, that's a segue. Well, Three times? You had to point out it was a segue three times? It's a segue, Cleed. That felt four times. Okay. All right. So in case you guys didn't know, we have a Patreon uh, where we're going to do uh, cool things called Franken-Bits. And one of our Franken-Bits is uh, Why the Fandom? And we did it about the Montgomery Brawl. So that's up on the Patreon now. We have a couple of awesome donors for uh, for it already. We would love to get more. And yeah, it's just a, a chance for us to, outside of the realm of creature features and stuff like that, kind of stretch our conversational skills and talk about other things that interest us. So if you like our banter and you like our vibes, then please just consider donating. And it is definitely worth it because it's not that much money, not because it's like amazing. Uh, and yeah, that's that's the Patreon. Nice plug, Khalid. Thanks. Thanks, Joe. Yeah. Well, um, while we're while we're at it with uh, with housekeeping, I just want to point out we have a a third host with us today. Hello. Hi. Uh, Nicole Prasca is with us today, back for uh, another fun discussion. Welcome back. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Always. I mean, you're, you're like I said, it's a it's another co-host. I'm like a ghost host kind of. Ghost host. Yeah. That's a cool thing. So first, other, and ghost host. Yeah. That's yeah. That's my. That's name. not fair. That's I didn't. She got to pick her name. You picked yours. No, I didn't. <laughs> you picked mine. You, how did? Okay, yeah, I guess I kind of did, but like just based on what you designated. Okay, I'm not gonna get into the weeds about it. I just wanted it on the record that I would like a different name if you're gonna be first and you're gonna be ghost host. Okay, we'll let the we'll let the patrons decide. Maybe. Well, if you ain't first, you're last. That's what I've heard. Oh my god! Did you just Ricky Bobby me? I know we were talking about it earlier today. Yeah. Wow. It's applicable to everything. So this is so I always knew this is what married couples did, just quote Will Ferrell movies to each other. Yeah, yeah, you've, you kind of got it. Beyond, I'm behind the veil now. <laughs> <laughs> you guys can't, you, I crossed the line, I can't unsee it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, cool. Well, how are you two doing? And uh, first of all, Nikki, so glad to have you back. Honestly, like, yeah, as Joe said, like, basically are just like a third co-host at this point. Whenever you want to come on, please do. Always excited to have your insights. But yeah, how are you two? Uh, we're pretty good. It's been a busy weekend. Um, October is always really busy because it's amazing autumn times here in Minnesota. So there's always lots to do. And um, Halloween's coming up, as we all know. So again, lots of uh, cool stuff going on. So we're just busy. And it was um, a break for the kids and for Joe off of school for a couple days. So they have to go back to work and school tomorrow. Yeah, had a few days off, but back to work tomorrow. We're recording on a, on a Sunday and tomorrow's a Monday for those of you listening. Although when you're listening, it's going to be probably a Tuesday or maybe later than a Tuesday. I don't know. Thanks, Joe. Yeah, that's how days work. But how are you, Khalid? (laughs) Uh, Thanks for the days report. Uh, (laughs) Tune in next week when it'll be the same order of days. Uh, (laughs) I'm good. Yeah, just uh, had a fun-filled week babysitting the niece and nephew. I was 
back in Minnesota again, which uh, if anybody's keeping count is three times in like a month and a half. So a lot, but it was all fun. And I'm very grateful that I got to spend that time with them and just like make like fun, goofy memories with them because they're just adorable and growing up way too fast. And I also got to see you and your little ones. So it was uh, it was extra fun just visiting one more time and seeing y'all more often than I do. Yeah, you just can't escape us, Khalid. Try as I might. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was good to see you. It was fun to hang out one night. Yeah. Yeah, escape you guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I try as hard to escape you guys as Ethan Hogg does to <laughs> escape uh, murder ghosts. Oh, man. That was good, Khalid. I was about to say, speaking of escaping things, but you, you beat me to it on this one. Yeah, and the cool thing is that I didn't point to it at all. I just kind of casually let the conversation go there. You yeah, know, I'll point to I'll point to it though. That was a good segue. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. Thank you. Yeah. And and speaking of Khalid, what are we talking about today? Thank you for asking, Joe. Today we are talking about the 2012 Scott Derrickson film Sinister, and it is a little here we we have a synopsis from our homeboy Google. Uh, I know words. I talk regularly. Uh, <laughs> and the synopsis goes a little something like this. True crime writer Ellison Oswald is in a slump. He hasn't had a bestseller in more than 10 years and is becoming increasingly desperate for a hit. So when he discovers the existence of a snuff film showing the deaths of a family, he vows to solve the mystery. He moves his own family into the victim's home and gets to work. However, when old film footage and other clues hint at the presence of a supernatural force, Ellison learns that living in the house may be fatal. May be fatal. <laughs> And done? Done. <laughs> what a monster. That creature's the abstract of potential energy. It's alive! So nice. The, the maybe fatal just is like so like coy about just, we'll get into it. <laughs> just, just, just maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if anyone hasn't seen this movie. Spoilers. Yeah. So yeah. Just, just I mean, yeah. It'd be if weird you, if like you never saw the movie or never listened to Frankenstein's podcast and just jumped into both here. Yeah, and then we, yeah, yeah. So just a heads up for those of you who are in that exact situation, we do spoil <laughs> the movie moving forward. So go check it out on wherever you. Well, we watched it on Amazon Prime. We rented it. It was actually on sale for like a dollar something. So that was yeah, cool. it looked two yeah. bucks. It was great. Yeah, so watch it there, or I don't know, maybe somewhere else. Buy it yeah. on disc. Spoiler like alert: I would spend two dollars right on it. No, 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 no. But I'm just trying to find no, where you no can free find it. No, make them pay. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, so one of the I wanted to mention uh, the reason that we kind of chose this movie because it is spooky season, right? It's like Halloween almost coming up. And uh, Nicole, you actually <laughs> were the one who brought this to my attention, right? That uh, that is spooky season. Yeah, I didn't know. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> the uh, the idea about this movie being scientifically the scariest movie. Oh, yeah. I guess this one is my fault. Damn it. Yeah. So it's your it's your fault. It's so, got um, fun, right? When Joe just starts talking and he like like ropes you in before you know where he's going, you're just like, oh, what are you saying I did? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there was a study that was done um, measuring the heart rates of people as they're watching like s different types of scariest mo scary movies out there. And uh, 100 hours of scary movies, each member of the test audience was fitted with a heart rate monitor to see how much their heart rates rose on average during each movie compared with their resting heart rates. Um, total 50 people took the study across a variety of age, age ranges and sinister emerges the most frightening cinematic experience that they faced according to science. So take that as you will. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, take it, I, I, take it, I take it pretty straight up. Yeah. Yeah. Straightforward. <laughs> yeah. A little bit, a little bit of context there. I, know, I mean, I've been thinking about this and I feel like there are other ways that you could pop. This is like, an easy quantitative way too. But I mean, like, I don't know what is scary, not what is scary, but just like, how do you measure it? I mean, do you measure it by how many sleepless nights do you, you know, experience after watching a movie or like how many times do you dream about it? Or yeah. I don't know. Like, how many times do you go to therapy after watching the movie? You know, things like that. <laughs> exactly. A true horror movie, like pardon the pun, but like haunts you, you know? Yes. Yeah, like, it's like after the fact, right? So I yeah. wouldn't say it's just in the moment. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, like, yeah, when you're watching it, sure, like, there are the ones that, like, get jumps out of you and stuff, but it's like, like, Scream, you know? Like, that's, mm -hmm. like, famous for really good jump scares and stuff like that. But, like, 
I don't know. I, it kind of just washes over you. It's like all about in the moment fear versus like a good like horror film that like haunts you and like like bat, like a barbarian. When I went home that night, I was like bit, like physically upset in the car. <laughs> just and and uh, hereditary when I was driving home from that, mm-hmm. also upset. It was broad. I watched it during the day and I left in broad daylight and I was still just like shook. So I just, I don't know, like, I mean, it's just, it's hard to quantify something like that. And it really is just like such a subjective question when you say what's the scariest, like, it's like, who's the hottest, like, Ninja Turtle, you know, like, you can't really, (laughs) you can't really like get a conclusive answer on that. Yeah, quite similar. But yeah. um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, there you go. Anyway, Khalid, uh, why why don't you pop in here? What did you think of the movie? Thanks for asking, Joe. Um, I like to find um i don't know it, like you, you really amped it up with the whole scientifically scariest thing so like <laughs> i really went into it like oh god like this is gonna suck suck and then it was just kind of like dumb shining uh for most of the movie it was just like the shining but what if it was dumb like what if everybody was just like super dumb because uh, like it, at least with the shining when you're talking about like going into like this like haunted house and like the ghosts and stuff like that like it's not like Jack Nicholson is like missing like the kind of red flags where like you you feel no sympathy for him because it really is just like about like a descent into madness. And then this movie is like, what if we took like all of like the subtlety out of it and all of like the nuance that like kind of goes into like talking about a person struggling with alcoholism and stuff like that. And what if we just had a guy that just kept watching ring tapes? Like he just like every night he would just go up to his his attic and just watch like snuff films and and one of them for sure was shot at his house like the house that he got specifically because it was a murder house like I just I don't know man like I I have a hard time with movies like this where it's just like if there ever was like an asking for it type of like victim Ethan Hawke's character is it like just that entire like. I'm just going to jump ahead. The third act when like he gets the phone call from the cop and the cop's just like, dude, you're not going to believe this. All the guys that got murdered or all the families that got murdered lived in the house of the people that got murdered before them. And I'm just like, you're a writer. Like you're like a nonfiction, like researcher and journalist. (laughs) And you didn't just like make that connection. You were just like, huh? I wonder if it like these seemingly unrelated snuff films that keep coming up in a haunted box like (laughs) i wonder i wonder if there's any connection like just like baseline stuff you would ask but then it's like when do you start asking the questions because i start asking the questions when you go looking through the listings for murder houses you know like i start asking questions when you don't tell your nice australian wife that you're living in a murder house because people have a right to just like weigh in on that like i don't you I get what they're trying to say about like, oh, it's such a struggle with like an artistic like uh, breadwinner or whatever. And it's like he's like trying to chase like a glory and like it's coming at the expense of his family and blah, 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 blah. You do not have to live in a murder house to write about it. Like (laughs) that is so you're doing so much heavy lifting there. And it's just like even under best case scenario, you're just asking for like a lot of anxiety. And so. I'm all over the place, but honestly, so is this movie. Uh, I will end my very long tirade by just saying, you know, don't don't move into a murder house, especially if like the only reason you're doing it is to write about a murder house. That's my that's my advice to I guess anybody who thought that Ethan Hawke's character like was smart. All right, Khalid. Um, so we had a debate last night a little bit about how you like how scared you would be during this because for me one of the other scary movies that we really did in this movie was in this podcast was the descent and your big barrier was like i'm not going to go in caves right <laughs> I'm just not gonna be in caves. so like fair and i'm but i'm like i wonder what khalid's barrier is going to be for this one like what's what's his like defense here and it's going to be not going to go to a murder house i guess right well here's the thing and like i'm not gonna again like i say this a lot but like i'm not gonna cinema sims this where like i just sit there and go um the plot doesn't work because of what like whatever like <laughs> the the movie is the movie we got it like and honestly like you could explain a lot of it by just saying like he's kind of haunted before he even gets there you know what Mm -hmm. i mean like it's like he saw the tape and it's like the idea is like if it's like these like 
illicit like snuff films and stories and stuff like that get around like that's probably how like all these people died in one way or another and so i'm fine with like the dumb like hoops it had to jump through i think that like for me it just kind of came down to like i i'm gonna collect my thoughts and come back to it but why don't you guys tell me your thoughts because i'm already i'm monopolizing a lot of time i want to hear your guys' thoughts nikki as uh our unofficial official co-host what did you think of sinister yeah i'm not sure that i liked it right it's dumb shining i just i don't know maybe it's good that like it's you and me maybe maybe joe will like follow up and like have some positive thoughts to say but i mean like i think it did i mean obviously i think based on like that heart rate study like it accomplished what it wanted to do and like you know, scaring people and like freaking them out and like, you know, kind of like accomplish like what like a scary or horror movie wants to do. But I mean, I guess like, I mean, I think my first time on the pod, I'm going to, you guys asked me the guest questions and like this, you and I kind of texted about this last night. This actually feels like monster adjacent. Like it almost feels to me like it's less of a monster movie and it feels more like, yeah. I mean, I just don't like it when like, yeah, whole families get like murdered and like they're in their home like it's just uh it's not the kind of like i don't know horror that i really like monsters sure like you know i mean and like sure this bagul character who we'll get into like is technically you know uh supernatural or mythical or, or whatever but um ultimately like he's not really the one committing the murders it's it's like another person even if it is a child and like there's a lot of hoops that have to get jumped through for that to happen but regardless you know and then also like i was reading the trivia and like the stunt work that went into like making those like um those snuff films you know for the movie like that was like i'm like wow this was like wow did we have to do this like holy shit like they almost like the the stuntmen who were the hanging family like the first like stunt coordinator like kind of fucked up big time and like they actually were like hanging and getting choked and like they had to they fired that guy yeah Khalid's face they right now probably have arrested that guy I don't know if yeah, right? is enough <laughs> so like I mean and then even like they were there was a trivia piece about kind of the effort that went into doing the drowning one too. And I was like, I don't know. It was like, that was kind of uncomfortable to read. And I'm like, Oh my God. So I don't know. I think they accomplished what they were trying to do, but it's like the kind of scary movie that like doesn't sit well with me and like definitely did keep me up a little bit. And uh, yeah. So I'm just like, ah, it's just not my cup of tea. So yeah. A morality play or tale, but I couldn't tell what the moral was. I'm well, I mean, like, yeah, right. It was, it was like this progress. obsession. I mean, the only thing that kept me going was because we were watching it at home. And so I could blab out loud to put my like fears out into the open and like, and like also shit on Ethan Hawke's character <laughs> the whole time. Um, cause I'm, and like, I felt really bad for his wife, although not really. But my first instinct when I told Joe was like, I'm sorry, she didn't fucking Google their address before she moved to this house. Like, I, I don't know. Look, I was like, yeah, come on, come on, come on, girl. Right now, there's a million spots in this movie where, like, any, like, the kid, I don't even think the kids get a pass, honestly. Like, too many, <laughs> there's too many times where, like, you should have just left. <laughs> yeah. So, well, but that's, well, that's the whole thing, though, right? Like, they weren't, I don't know. It's just game over really, once you leave. Like, it's like you're screwed really if you do, screwed if you don't. Crash that's, like, as bad as you thought it was going to be. <laughs> And you can't stop it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> let's just let Joe weigh in because we've just kind of crapped all over this. So what are your thoughts, Joe? What do you, Favorite movie do you end up like? Because, okay, I did t- tell you this last night too, but like Joe actually watched this like when it, not long after it came out and he actually watched it apparently at home alone at night in the dark. So this was his second go around. So anyway, be me. you're crazy. <laughs> wow. Thank you for that. Um. All right. Well, I love this movie. <laughs> okay. No, I don't actually love this movie. Um, I think it's pretty good. I liked it more than you guys did. Uh, <laughs> I I do feel like watching it a second time, I was less in 
I don't know if it's awe in awe of it, but like the first time I watched it, I was very effective and very scary. And it's and it really stuck with me. And I think that the imagery in it will still stick with me. Um, and it's just for a fact, just for a, a reason that I think one of my like horror, I don't know what the words like, uh, like, I don't know, trigger if the right word is, but like what something that like always gets me in a horror movie is, um, that kind of like grainy, like home movie kind of quality, like scary things happening in that, in that sort of a setting. Because for me, like watching a movie, I always feel this like sense of like remove, like it's cinematic. There's like Ethan Hawke's there. I recognize Ethan Hawke from things like, it's like, it's like a safety blanket. Right. Um, but like watching these like grainy, like home movies, like this terrifying things happening, or like when you see just like the, just like the blurry grainy shots of Bagul in the thing, like that just like freaks me out to like a different level. And it almost feels like, even though like the cinematic element is watching the grainy thing, like it removes that safety blanket for me. So like, for some reason that just like affects me, it's affecting for me. And so like that element of this movie will always be something that sticks with me a little bit. It's, it's another reason why I was one of like 12 people who really loved that Michael Keaton movie, white noise, right? Like for some reason, watching those like scary, like, I don't know, snow colored like blurry channels and like ghosts like slightly popping out of it like freaked me out as a kid when i was watching that movie and i i thought it was great but um like this kind of had that same came with that same feeling for me so i think i don't know i think that's effective um but i think i had a few problems with it this time around um i think we did talk about how much we didn't like the ethan Hawke character a lot like he is meant to be pretty unlikable i think i think i mean he was played well to that extent um but it's a hard like protagonist to root for because you're right. He's doing like all the wrong things. He's making all the wrong choices, even though like I think the the point at the very end where, you know, the, he gets that call from like the deputy, like you were saying, Khalid, like it points that he was pretty much like like. The check was cashed before, like before the movie started, like he was already there, like it was already going to happen, like his fate was sealed. So like that's that's like an unnerving element, too. It's like no matter what you do at that point, like when he finally realizes, like finally admits he's in too deep when he's burning everything like uh, there's no way out of it by that point. Like he's, he's already in it. I think there's still a way to do that better though. It's possible. Yeah, it's possible. But like, so like some of that's like, I like, I like some of it. I, one of my, I I do think like just in terms of like a way it was shot, like it's way too dark. Um, Like just knowing, like seeing movies now that are too dark and being critical of that. Like I didn't need it to be that dark, to be scary still. Like I, I think, I think it needed more light. Like there are times when I'm just like looking, I'm just like, I'm seeing a black screen for like an extended period of time here, you know, and I'm like waiting for something. Um, There were like a lot of good, I think like it was directed really well though. I think like I I've come to really appreciate um, Scott Derrickson as a director. I've watched his contribution to the hell, the Hellraiser movies I thought was, is underrated. I think the black phone was solid. Um, Even Dr. Strange's guy, like I'm liking his, his movie catalog. And I think this is like a, a good example of like the things that he can do. Like, the idea that less is more like when we actually finally see Bagul like full on in person in the cinematic sense, like it feels really impactful by that point because it's been built up so much. And I think like the idea of like the snuff films, like we don't see like a whole lot of blood and gore or anything like that or really like gratuitous moments. Like we don't like what the, the lawnmower one is the one that really sticks to me like that. That's been, a really well done one. That one was really well done because like in lesser hands, like you would have seen like some sort of gnarly like chopping up scene that would have probably taken away from it ultimately. But like it stops it right at the moment. We're just like, oh, my God, the anticipation of it was so intense. Like so I think like it's a really well directed movie. Um, I think like some of the writing is like you know, maybe uneven, like you're saying, like plot wise, but um, I think it's just an interesting exercise. I like uh, another thing I like about it is the fact that it is like this, you know, Bagul, which we'll get into in the monster bit is like a pagan deity rather than a demon, which was kind of like an intent of the creators. They're like, we don't want it to just be another demon, which I mean, it's it just makes an interesting element to talk about the monster stuff, which we will when we get to to tell me the difference between a demon and a deity. Uh, well, actually, it's depending on who you ask, because I th- I actually did a little research into it. I was going to get into it more, but um, you can answer it later. Yeah, basically, like the short answer is lactose. One of it, <laughs> one of them is lactose free. Yeah, no, Khalid's right. That's that's exactly it. Hundred percent serious. Hundred percent serious. Go away. No, it's it's basically which text you consult. Like basically, like they're saying, like it's a Babylonian god, but like he's based off of a, like this this like ancient deity that was considered a god in, in some culture but then like in hebrew text is considered a demon right so like it's just it's just who you ask right it's it's just which ancient peoples you talk to okay well to just to switch tracks here i want to talk about what one thing i did like about the movie yeah 
Vincent D'Onofrio. Yes. Yeah. Amazing. It was so great when he when he popped up. He's just like such a delight when he shows up. And this was like a great use of him. Like you only see him in like two like little Zoom calls. And it's just like <laughs> he's just giving you the most like daunting, horrible like news you could get. And it's just like if it was like a person that was even a little bit smarter, that would be the part of the movie where they just leave. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you know, Ethan Hawke, if there's one thing he's going to do, it's endanger his family. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh yeah so i yeah i just i really was entertained by like the character he was playing like you know i've already talked about like when jennifer's body like i love a good research scene you know it's very, mm-hmm. it's very buffy where it's just like guy reading like ancient scrolls and stuff like that about like a demon and it's like there's only like three texts that even have it and like you get all and somehow those three texts are like more reliable than most wikipedias in terms of like the information you need uh it's it's always fun and this was like no exception to that like it was just so entertaining to to see him just like come in and just be like oh dear there's been another murder hasn't there Yes. He has such a great presence. And like, it's it's just like, I mean, you have to kind of somehow get that exposition dump in this movie. And like, that was just like the best way to do it. Truly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It took him probably like all of like six hours to get that. Like right? you don't have to light it that much and nothing. Oh God. And like the, when he stops to get the tea or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Jessica. The, all the time. What? Just amazing. <laughs> like, I just like to think he's there all day, just back to back, like web calls with like, like doomed men. That's <laughs> <laughs> just his job. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, yep. Nope. I found a scroll and yeah, no, a Babadook. It's in your basement. <laughs> A Babadook, yeah. <laughs> um, um, what did you think of Vinny D, Vinny D, Mickey? Yeah, I mean, similar. When you brought him up, I was like, hell yeah. It was it was definitely great to see him. That was what and, sold um, her on watching this movie. She was not really going to, <laughs> but then she read that he was in this movie. And she's like, okay, I'll watch it. Yeah, it was That's maybe like that little last nudge to put me over the edge. And I was like, all right, all right. All right, I'll sit down and watch this. Did you, uh, speaking of like watching things, did you see that, um, you, I think you shared this trivia with me, Nikki, that uh, Ethan Hawke wasn't shown the snuff films before the scenes that he actually shot? Oh. So the the reactions were supposed to be like kind of genuine. Like he was like, oh, holy shit. Like that was like a real face. Oh, what if he like made like a stink face? Like, <laughs> isn't, <laughs> isn't that good? <laughs> well, because like, and you guys are talking about the, the lawnmower one. I mean, yeah. like. That, that is got me. Yeah, holy shit, right? Like, he literally is, like... I'm yeah. just, like... Because, like, you zone out after a second of the lot, but, like, if you're just, like, okay, it's just, like, more spooky shit, and then actually, like, a horrifying image. But, man. Okay, so let's get into, like, the, the whole thing about, like, the big twist is that, like, the kids are the killers, mm-hmm. and they're not just, like, missing. It's, like, was were either of you surprised by that? I remembered it. I, I guess I don't remember if I was surprised the first time watching it, but... I knew that was coming. Okay. Well, another caveat to me watching this movie was Joe was essentially like, do you want me to, you know, knowing that the end is like bleak or horrifying or whatever you want to call it. And so he was like, do you want me to tell you the ending? You know? And so we, I, I kind of made some guesses along the way. And he was like, um, before we watched the movie, I was like, okay. So it was like, oh, all right. So that's how that ends. Oh, okay. And so like, oh, and then I think I was like, he becomes the killer. And I was like, no, that'd be too easy. And I was like, is it a kid? Cause yeah. I think I had read about like one of the kids is missing or whatever. So I kind of like came yeah. to it kind of beforehand. And I don't know. I think it was, I don't know whether it would have changed my like experience watching it, but it sort of helped a little bit for me anyway. <laughs> I would have been way more mad if I had not known that was going to happen at the end. I mean, I don't know. Like I just kind of guessed that one of the kids, cause like for me, like it just made no sense if like it was just Ethan Hawk kills him because like all the tapes show that like the, father gets killed too so i was like yeah. oh okay well there's only one person fucking missing in all of this and i just don't imagine like this like ghost dude like swimming laps in a fucking above ground pool <laughs> <laughs> yanking on beach chairs and shit like, <laughs> so, well, like, like, so at I, what I, point I, did you figure or like at what point were you like did you realize it was the kids i guess what do you have them painting murals of him and stuff? Uh, you know, I was like, yeah, oh, okay. this dude's like, re- like he's puppeting kids already. Like that's, 
and then like all the ghost children that keep appearing and stuff like yeah. that it was just like yeah this guy i don't know for me it's like the least egregious or surprising thing is that he's into child labor you know <laughs> yes some of the uh, ghost kid effects were or the ghost ghost kid scares are pretty solid i think a few of those like the like um which one the one yeah the one where they appear he when he's talking to the dog and they appear behind him oh my god that one effed me up i that was, was upset that was good i also like when he was like that a q joe moment yeah that was oh, yeah. my first fuck you joe moment. you were cursing me for making you watch this one yeah 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 i also like the one where he goes up in the attic and sees them all just sitting there watching the tapes that was pretty creepy too um and yeah. what what do you think of the slow motion running kids though that was my favorite use of them because like it felt like so unlike most hauntings you see yes. like, i thought that was really cool he really like i don't know derrickson is definitely in like that flanagan camp where like it's like he really plays on what like is a very media literate like generation of horror fans and like what they come to expect but like not in the the jump scare is going to come 10 seconds later than you think kind of way it's yeah. like i'm just gonna do something completely different because like fuck it and it's like watching these ghosts and like thinking they're gonna like blip out and really they just keep running around the corner right before you look which is like exactly what it feels like when you think there's a ghost in a room it's like you feel like somebody just walked out right before you turn mm-hmm. and not like they just shimmer and like that's <laughs> that's just like such an amazing uh thing to pull off and like it's really one of the like saving graces of the movie overall like it's like he is really, really good at directing. This is a well-directed horror film. Yes, yes, agreed. That and that, yeah, the slow motion sequence was super cool. I don't, I'm not quite sure how it was shot, but I think it was. It just looked really cool. Like it was a fun sequence. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you feel like you saw the black phone, right, Khalid? I did. He does. So he he returns to the ghost kid concept. I wonder is he like is he like is it like a thing he's trying to perfect? Like, do you feel like he that was him trying to do this again in a sense or no? I think it's a juxtaposition thing, you know, like death and children is already just like you're starting at a baseline, like upsetting image. So you don't have to do much more to get the imagination kind of stirring. Yeah. Well, I mean, tonally, the black phone is very different. That feels more like like almost like a Stephen King type movie where this is like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, That one reminds me a lot of like uh, Dr. Sleep. Yeah, with like the yeah, the girl has powers and stuff. Yeah, this is this is different, much different. But yeah, I like Dr. Sleep more than this. Yeah, I'm just saying. Um, Uh. (laughs) one one thing i do want to come back to about so about this one here is you kind of mentioned there's like a morality play morality play there but we're not it feels like a morality play yeah so like what the moral is i think that there's like an element of like whenever you're dealing with like some sort of like creature like ancient creature that like consumes in a sense children like it always has to have like some sort of like fairy tale almost element to it like dark fable fairy tale piece um but i think that there the in, the most interesting parallel or morality bit you could kind of point to in this is like the parallel between Ethan Hawke and Bagul in like what they're looking for and what they're what they're trying to accomplish. Like you could make the case that they're both almost doing the same thing. Like um like uh so like Bagul like needs people to kind of watch him. He needs an audience to be successful to kind of get to where he needs to be. Um, like I kind of wrote, I wrote all this stuff down. Like this is kind of some thoughts. Oh yeah. So Ethan Hawke, like he has this obsession with fame, like notoriety, a sense of narcissism that we kind of come off. Like he has this like complex, you know, um, he is desperation to reclaim lost fame. And like Bagul is arguably like this ancient deity also trying to do this thing to, to reclaim like a power that may have been lost as he like left like a, like a, like the zeitgeist, you know, um, I do remember gets when power. Bagul was running the New York Times bestsellers list. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like he gets, yeah, Bagul gets power from people seeing his image, watching the movies. So they, they both like are like craving that audience. So like, I thought that was an interesting like parallel in this, in a sense. That's a really good observation. Actually, wow. Nikki, what do you have to say about it? Yeah. Um, that's fresh to me. He didn't mention that to me before. Certified so that's fresh. All, yeah. Full of surprises. Definitely. One yeah. surprise so far. I don't know if you're full of them. You got good segues. <laughs> Actually, that makes me think of uh, what his daughter says right before she kills him, which is like, it was just like, oh, devastating. Like, Oh, you're going to be famous again, daddy. Yeah. 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 Holy shit. That's, 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 that's harsh. Uh, So I would say that for me, it was like, um, I liked the dynamic that they were setting up in that, like the true crime element of it with, uh, what's his name? It's, uh, Bagul, uh, like, and they, they both kind of like 
only profit or like only thrive off of tragedy, you know, like in the same way that Bakul has to consume a kid, like the only way that he gets back to like the fame he's known for is by like finding another tragedy to like cover. And it's like, especially, you know, this is a 2012 movie and what we think of when we say true crime now has like dramatically changed, you know, back then you even see it in the way the movie treats it, you know, it's like, He's not just like some dude with a podcast and no, no offense to us, I guess. <laughs> uh, he's like a, he's like a best-selling like novelist. Like people know him, you know, and it's like this, like he's basically, he's just a writer. He's a journalist for all intents and purposes. And it's like, even that definition has changed so much. And I think a part of that is like the commodification of true crime where it's like this kind of movie would actually be probably more relevant if it was made now now but it would probably be just like a little too obvious that's what makes it like such an interesting thing to like look back and go oh we were already kind of sussing out like what this feels like in uh the 2010s um but yeah i think that's a really good point joe i think about i think that if there is like a moral to it all it's just like if you're willing to do anything to be like remembered or like have power like that's like that really like you just have a long list of like awful things you can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I think it's interesting. It, it the, the true crime like piece to this all added kind of a, yeah, like you said, like an interesting element, like his relationship to the cops was kind of a fun little bit. I, what'd you think of the deputy so-and-so character? <laughs> deputy so-and-so ruled. Uh, <laughs> I remember him from it, but I also, he was the first time I met, I saw him on the screen was, uh, he played Ziggy Sabatka, um, in the second season of the wire. He was a uh. very big character in that season and just such one of the, just like better actors to come out of that entire series. And it's just so cool to see him pop up in like horror movies and stuff. And just like, he, he really just like embodies completely different characters in all three of the things too. So, um, I liked him a lot in this. I like the, like, I think one thing that I like about true crime is that like, I'm kind of almost always on the true crime person's side in the movies, you know, in real life, it gets like fucked up and like really like blurred lines in terms of like, who's actually like doing anything to help like victims or anything. But like in a movie, I'm kind of just like, yeah, like a lot of these small towns, like I just don't believe the cops are going to think about that, like about the murder as hard as like one person who's going to like put their entire livelihood into it you know and if it's just about like baseline investigation i'm not talking about getting into the weeds with like any kind of like forensics or anything obviously there's like that is like a technical professional job but like investigation is just like bothering to like ask people things and like try to like rebuild a timeline as far as i understand it but we actually have somebody who could speak on that here (laughs) joe no i'm just kidding (laughs) i mean forensics but yeah, but I mean, I guess, yeah, you don't have to necessarily, like, co-sign anything I'm saying. I just meant that, like, I don't know, like, I feel like true crime is, like, a fascinating, like, protagonist character, because it's, like, you see it in this. Like, that cop just did, like, all of, like, 30 minutes of, like, effort. It was, like, oh, yeah, it turns out they all just, like, lived in the same houses. Like <laughs> yeah, that. he did. Like, that's the kind of thing that, like, a day-to-day cop probably isn't going to, like, you know, you think this could be it? Because, like, that's just, like, and I try not to give cops a break. But like, even I have to say in that instance, like once like, cause he didn't even set out to make a ghost story. He was like looking for like a serial killer. So it's like, once you start getting into the occult and shit like that, like it's a lot of like leaps you got to take. And like, it's the kind of thing that like a true crime person is going to have more time to follow a thread on than like most. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, yeah, you, you got deep with it. I was just gonna say he's a funny character. Yeah, well, and he was he was really interesting. Like I almost like I don't know, this whole the whole time like he could have um there was that conversation like kind of when Ethan Ho- we keep calling him Ethan Hawk Ellison when the when his character it's like one of the I think it's the last time they see each other in person. Mm-hmm. And you know, they're sitting on the couch and Oh, and he's like that. <laughs> he's like how are, he's like you're like you don't seem like you're okay, but he I don't know. He went about it in a really delicate way, which was surprising to me. Like I was sort of surprised like he was like comic relief for a lot of it, but I actually felt like I don't know, like he was just like Yeah, I mean, I ended genuine? up genuine. Genuine and like I was kind of like not like rooting for him because it wasn't like there was something to root for on his behalf, but um where he he could have been just dressing down Ethan Hawke, you know, but I mean, because he was a fan, um, 
but he also like seemed concerned, but he also wasn't like, I don't know how to say it. Like he wasn't like, you're crazy and you're seeing shit and like, I don't believe you. But he was like kind of finding a way to like make it make sense in a way where he's like, well, like under the conditions you've put yourself in, like it's not surprising that you are experiencing this. Um, But also the like fervor with which he calls him in that third act there at the end you know he's like calling him like incessantly and oh, yeah. um you know no, no that's the problem dude you moved like that was <laughs> yeah. like the, that was like the big like kaiser soze moment of the movie it's like dude you moved <laughs> yeah but like i mean so i don't know you know if he didn't think that there was something to that he wouldn't have been like so concerned and trying to reach him so i don't know like what i'm trying to say is it was fa- his character was really fascinating to me beyond just you know, having a, having a joke line or two. Um, and, and that he like, he, he wasn't like, isn't that wild? Like that's ridiculous, you know? Cause it kind of is like, that's a weird pattern. Like what the, you know, like why is that the pattern? You know, he doesn't really like stop to think about that. He's just like, Oh shit. Like he just left and I need to tell him. There's not enough pushback from anybody. Like, it's like, I feel like as soon as like anybody else kind of hears about the stuff that's going on, like everybody kind of jumps to demon a lot faster than I think would happen in real life. Even like when he's like talking about the serial killer and stuff like that, it's like they're talking about it in a way that feels like borderline supernatural because the alternative is it's a 70 year old man that has (laughs) been like carrying out this like very specific campaign of kills. It's just like even they know that sounds stupid when they're floating that around. So like, I don't know. That was, that's interesting. Um, yeah. My big thing that I realized in this was like, you know, like we've talked about it before where like horror and comedy are very similar, at least like in like the formulas and stuff like that. And like mm-hmm. what I'm really noticing and like, this isn't like a big revelation or anything like that is like, but it's like, like the oafish dad is like just as integral to a family comedy as it is to like a family horror, you know? And like, it doesn't necessarily have to be the oafish dad, but like, that's the archetype, you know, of just like, you know, you change a couple of details and this dude's Homer Simpson, this dude's Hal from Malcolm in the middle, (laughs) you know, like, it's just like this dad that just like gets this obsession with something so dumb and it like consumes him for an episode and then like the whole family like is, by the end of it is like oh, okay thanks a lot dad look what you got us into like i don't know it's just like that's just like a really like it was just really fascinating to see like oh in both instances like the dad just has to be like dumb beyond relatability and like you see it in like the way people watch things like sometimes like my dad or my mom will watch like a comedy with like a dad like chevy chase or something and they're just like well that guy's just like an idiot i would never act like that and then i think about like horror movies and that's literally me i'm just like oh yeah that guy's an idiot i would never act like that but like <laughs> we, we fundamentally understand that the story doesn't happen if they're not idiots good point so that's a good point yeah. can so the movie can happen <laughs> so the movie can happen also there are idiots <laughs> yeah there are lots of idiots out there yeah that's you true. know what i mean like the tide pod challenge was a real thing like mm-hmm. We don't have to like think that hard to find examples of people that would do something like this. Totally. There totally. are totally people who would move into a murder house. I, I'm on p- sure that people have. I mean, there are murder houses out there. Oh, God. Nowadays, it would just be like a, a TikTok couple that just like does like videos at 3 a.m. <laughs> of like creaks in the house. Yeah, that's totally that's totally it. That's totally it. Um, do you know much about Sinister 2, Khalid? You mean too Sinister, too Furious? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I know nothing about it. Well, if you like Deputy So-and-So, he's the lead in Sinister 2. Is he like trying to stop this ghost now? Yeah, it's it's totally different creative team. And so it's not very well received, but he's kind of the lead trying to like figure out where the where the where the curse is going to go next. And it follows like another family. I haven't seen it. What but do you mean where it's going to go next? Isn't it just whoever moved in? I don't know. Yeah, like this is the easiest trail to follow, <laughs> especially once you know it. Once you figured it out. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I don't really know what he's doing, but like, it sounds like the, it centers around a farmhouse somewhere. I don't know how it gets there, but like the, the, we just watched the trailer and it's a different. Yeah, it's a different creative team. It's not very well received. It's got like low ratings. Um, It sounds it seems like what they did was they made like Bagul more of like a like a character in the movie who's just like, you know, peeking around the corners and like, you know, yelling boo at people and like scaring people like he's doing the jump scares a lot. And so I think they kind of like dumbed it down a little bit. 
Uh, he's um, like, instead of just directing, I want to, I want to be like a character now. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so they got that. So that, if you want, if you want more of that, then I guess Sinister 2 is for, yeah. So I don't know. Um, I didn't watch it. Maybe I will someday, but I don't, I don't you're, know. You're sure. selling it so much right now. And just good, like, good. talking about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's, let's watch it for another one. Uh, no, okay. <laughs> anyway. I, get, I get it. Should we, uh, should we monster it up? Let's monster. Yeah, quote monster. It's monster. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. honestly, Joe, I gotta call. BS he was a schmear on the screen for like most of the movie. Okay, that okay. I was, speaking of scary scenes, I think that was one. Of, that was one of the scary ones, though. Like when when he when he zooms in on the Bagul face and like he's looking away and it just turns towards him oh, and then turns yeah, back. That was, that was a good scary, scene, right? Yeah. I don't know. I've seen a gif before. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> They have gifts in 2012. <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> you tried to convince me that Googling wasn't a thing. I, was like, I didn't say it wasn't a just... thing. I said people didn't Google as much then. What? Uh... <laughs> in 2012? I don't Thank know. Thank you, Khalid. Thank you. <laughs> well, like, I feel like we Google think, like way more things way more often now than maybe we did then. We Google significantly less now because it's been polluted by ads and bots. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> You're wow, you couldn't have been more wrong about something that's like you were first hand knowledge about. Well, I guess, I guess, <laughs> I guess you win this round, Khalid. <laughs> and History me. Does, I guess. Yeah, just like baseline memory wins this round. All right, I guess. All right, all right. Tell us about your monster. Yeah, tell us about your quote unquote monster. God, you guys are mean. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the new dynamic. Um, okay, so just like in canon, like the description I got, Bagul, like for those of you listening, uh, tall, nightmarish, humanoid creature in the form of a man with pale skin and long black hair. Um, most distinctive features are his lack of eyes and mouth. So the behind the scenes, the creature, so Bagul was played by actor Nicholas King in makeup. Um, King did say that it took about three hours to put all the makeup on, about an hour and a half to take it off. Um, he also mentions being in, co- he was, he has a background in stunt work. So he was in costume and did all the, like the stunt work, which you might not think there's a lot in terms of what the monster had to do in this. Um, but he said like, there was like stuff like with fire, the fire sequences, like he was doing all that himself. Um, he said he spent like three hours in the pool in makeup, like with like a breathing apparatus, like just kind of like hanging out there for the pool shots and stuff. Like, so he, he said it was like a difficult shoot, but he was kind of like ultimately like there's an interview. He's like kind of proud of the work he did with it. Um, Bagul was inspired. I think, I don't know if we brought this up already by mm-hmm. the writer, C. Robert Cargill's um, nightmare that he had after watching the ring. So your comparison of the ring is, is correct. Khalid. Yes. Um, he was inspired by that. <laughs> um, the, when they're, when him and Derrickson were collaborating on the movie, they're trying to figure out like what this creature was going to ultimately look like. Um, they, so like Cargill, like apparently like huddled in his office and tried to figure out like, like just researching demonology and trying to figure out something. And then they kind of came together and they were like, we don't want it to be like I said, demon. They want it to be like a deity or something like with like this kind of like pagan history to it. Um, but they ultimately did find, I think Derrickson did. He found an image on like Flickr of basically what became the monster and they contacted the artist of that and they paid that person for the photo and gave that person like a production design credit so they like found a random artist to like help who basically designed the monster so i'm sorry did they googled it no they flickered it (laughs) bug googled bug googled (laughs) so anyway i thought that was kind of a cool fact um let's see uh oh so yeah okay so bagul being an ancient pagan deity um the background form is modeled modeled after like a more real realistic deity called Moloch, who um, was an ancient uh, Canaanite deity associated in biblical sources with the uh, practice of child sacrifice. Um, Moloch, Moloch was written in Hebrew texts as a foreign deity who was said to appeal to the quote sinful interests of the Jewish people. So he'd like tempt them into like sinful things. Um, so he was like a deity, like a God to some, but then like in Hebrew text was considered a demon. That's kind of where I was talking about that distinction. Um, I'm sorry. I feel like if you're doing evil, like anything to do with like consuming children, you are a demon. Yeah. I feel like that is the definition, but yeah, I mean, I mean that's it's, just my, it, that's just my, yeah, take. I think, I think it's just All like, right, no need to bring politics into this. Nikki, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we know how you feel. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 um, I don't know. Yeah, I I feel like it's splitting tomato hairs. tomato for real. Right, like, that's right. kind of where I'm at with it. Like deity demon. Like it's is it snatching your kids and making them do weird fucked up shit that you want to like spank them out of? Spank <laughs> like, them. 
yeah. Only yeah. time spankings allowed is if a demon or a deity possesses your kid. Yeah. <laughs> fall into, it out. I fall into the demon category with the children's stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's fair. That is um, not the official Frankenstein's podcast dance, by the way. That is a uh, that is, I guess, just mine. <laughs> I did find on like I was like looking at the wiki page, like the villains wiki page for Bagul, and it says that it's that he's supposed to be the Babylonian brother of Moloch, the the real one. Um, and yeah, I don't I don't know. I I think that must be something that's revealed in the sequel because I don't remember that being in the the movie. No. There was a point in the movie though where Vincent D'Onofrio talked about like the early images of Bagul being like d- destroyed and erased and d- and erased by early Christians because they would like you know possess i thought that was kind of an interesting bit um but i i think ultimately what i just like about it when in terms of like when i say say about like the, the deity beat is i like that like you said Khalid, the research the like the denofrio stuff where it's like dig deep into some ancient weird text to find out the answers like that's that's the cool part about this yeah totally um so. i do think it's funny though that like well okay does it make sense that he only has like six kid ghosts shouldn't he have like hundreds or thousands if he's been around since like Babylonian times. I don't know. Maybe they expire after a while. This is his current project. Oh, right. Yeah. These are just all the, yeah. I will <laughs> say my favorite thing was his that, latest uh, series. The, the big third act twist is that he had bonus features. You know, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, the extended cuts. The <laughs> it literally a, said extended cut, didn't that it? That was such a good joke. Like truly <laughs> like, like that's, that's what the ring was missing was just like a special features section in the third act. Yes. <laughs> that was so funny. And I wonder if he does that for all of them or if it's just like he was like so surprised at how dumb Ethan Hawk was about it all that he was like, okay, I just got it. Like, I don't even think he realizes that it's his kid's going to do it yet. Like, yeah, he no. just needs that much help. He just needs the help. Yeah. Just <laughs> I, picture. Usually, I usually leave this out because I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm like feeding it to the audience at that point. But like, <laughs> really, we focus tested it. Ethan Hawke did not know what was happening. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like Bagul, like writing on the canister bonus features. <laughs> oh yeah. And a uh, journalist extraordinaire fucking Ethan Hawke has to write down who filmed this on a notepad. Oh yeah. Who filmed this? <laughs> I played it as You did, you did, yeah. Just in case he forgot to ask later. <laughs> uh, One yeah. of many questions. Could get lost <laughs> in the fray. Who filmed this? What, <laughs> what crafty did they have? Uh, was there a script supervisor? Like, I just, I want to see what the rest of the notes were. Um, yeah, so, that, I mean, yeah, the effects didn't really, like, they didn't like take away from it or anything. They just didn't necessarily wow me either. Like, just. I mean, there were, like, they were like, like, like grainy and stuff. Like, they were, they were not meant to be super, like, they yeah. weren't, they weren't meant to be filmed in like the 4K, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which is fine. I think it was, I think that was the purpose of it, you know? But, um, one thing I forgot to mention the quote from Cargill oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that you saw what I'm saying. Yeah. The, um, where he said that it was meant to be a messed up Willy Wonka was the vibes that they no, were no, going no, the on. The Johnny Depp Willy Wonka. Yeah. The Johnny Depp Wally, Willy, Willy Wonka. That makes yeah. so much sense. I was going to yeah. say, it looks like Jared Leto with like, uh, just like no tan. Yeah. Like a pale, like a pale Jared Leto. So like <laughs> that actually, that's really close to Johnny Depp and Willy Wonka. Yeah. So they got what they were going for. <laughs> Success. Yeah. Yeah, he looked like he didn't wash his hair. No, I don't think he did. Yeah, the 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 bagul. The bagul. Um, yeah. Uh, cool. Yeah. All right. Not cool. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's just like it was like too hyped up as like the spookiest thing I've seen. <laughs> I hyped and, it up for you. Yeah. And I just I'm and I just now yeah. that that was the problem. Yeah. So like I just kind of left it like deflated because like the whole time I was like, oh man. So like they're making it really obvious that like the kid murders their family. And so the big twist is probably going to be like deputy. So-and-so is like the murderer or something. And I was oh, like, you were thinking it's good. Yeah. You were thinking like outside the box and it just, well, yeah, I was just go, like, yeah. something's, something's not right here. This cop is too helpful. Like, <laughs> and it just, he just, he just happened to be a helpful cop. And I was like, okay, well then he was a fan. Yeah, I guess. But it was just like everything was exactly what you thought it was. And that's just like not what you want to say about a movie. I think I forgot like having like both of us having knowing knowing the twist like already like the, the quote unquote twist. Like I forgot that it was a twist. Like I thought that was like the point for a while. I was like, oh, it's the kids because they're the ones haunting like the kids did it. And then when it was like 
the the scene that was presented as if it was the twist. I'm like, oh yeah, they're really, really, you know, hand holding us there, you know? Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I don't know. It's just like it was it was fine. It was good. I think it's the kind of thing where it's like I'm just getting to that age where I get that like if I was 13 and this was one of the first horror movies I saw, it would stick with me. And mm-hmm. for that reason, I'm glad it exists. But like for people who've seen horror and like just seen versions of this done better, it, it's just a bit of a letdown. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. I think that um, I, I like it more than both you guys overall, like I said. But um, yeah, it's not. I think that upon rewatch, I'm like, I'm not I'm not really clamoring to rewatch it again. I think like the points that we made, like it's well directed. I think there are some cool ideas there. Um, well acted and well, you know, well made and everything. But uh, I, yeah, I've seen like other ones, other better movies, certainly in this situation. Final thoughts, Nikki. I don't know. No. Pass. pass. <laughs> Your final thoughts are pass. <laughs> Apt. My, my final thoughts are watch. Uh, the that shining sequel uh what is it called dr sleep yeah go watch dr sleep that's my that's my final thoughts um speaking of doctors that sleep khalid weird um i'm just thinking like sleepy doctors you may might make you mad so you might like want to fight them would you fight or flirt bagul what don't even nikki like i was trying to i was trying to find something khalid didn't give me much I was looking really hard, and you were you were just like not dropping anything. Actually, I mean, my 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 pass was almost better than. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, pass. Pass. Would speaking you pass? Passing, speaking of passing, would you fight or flirt? Yeah, I guess that could work. Yeah, speaking of pass, which rhymes like with ass, like anything. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah at this point, we're doing too much. Uh, we're dropping too much sausage, as Khalid likes to say. On that note, we're uh, we're up to the segment of the podcast. <laughs> fight or flirt. Uh, which is exactly what it sounds like. I say whether I would fight or flirt with the demon in or the monster in question. Deity. Deity in question. <laughs> uh, and yeah, uh, for this one, literally just thinking about it off the top because I like didn't even bother to think about it before. I just could not give a shit about Baguman or whatever. Uh, wow. Bagul. Bagul. That's ba- it. Uh, Baguman? Bagu-man. Sounds like a po- Pokemon. Back, yeah, uh, me and Baggammon, uh, I think I'd flirt. Okay, okay. Because I feel like the one thing that they, like, kind of left a big, like, loophole in is that, like, you don't have to move, and you're fine, right? Theoretically. That's the curse, that's the curse of the tape? I mean, you're, like, haunted still. Like, the, the kids are, like, Yeah, haunting but that's you. why I flirt, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I don't have a problem with my partner having kids from a past relationship. Like, that's not the kind of guy. <laughs> oh, my God. You know what I mean? Like, I'm in my 30s. I understand. Like, people have lived lives, all right? And, like, your, lives, your, your life oh travels God. with you. So, like, that's not a disqualifier for me. Um, <laughs> they don't have to stop running around at night, though, because <laughs> da- daddy needs his nine hours. Uh, I don't play about that. I didn't sign up for no daycare. But... Other than that, like, yeah, he seems like a chill dude. Like, he's just out there making his little movies, and he just wants to, like, share them with me. I'm in film. I get it. Like, it's hard to get people to watch your stuff. So, <laughs> I just, I, <laughs> wow. I, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like there's just, like, I see, like, a lot of people see, like, a home record, and I just see, like, an artist that's, like, looking for a tribe. You know? Wow. Is that your take on Ethan Hawke, too? No, Ethan Hawke is an idiot, and his whole family should divorce him. Uh, <laughs> uh, backgammon, though, that guy's just that guy's just making his way downtown. You know, walking fast, faces fast, but he's homebound. Nice, Khalid. From coming to a place where you were like, you were like, I didn't really think much about this. You really like, you like swished this one. That was good. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm really glad that one was uh, uh, recorded. That <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was off the dome and you guys know it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that was good. Thank you. Thank you. Well, yeah, so it's a, it's, it's a flirt. All right. Well, there you well, have it. But again, like not even because all that stuff is said, literally just because it seems like the rule is like you have to move for him to kill you. <laughs> like that's like, that's just like, yeah, that's easy. I'll just stay. Like, it's not that annoying. <laughs> 
And it's also like Ethan Hawke was like haunting himself. Like he's the one that kept watching the movies and like zooming in on pictures and shit. Like it sounds like if you don't do that, it's just like every once in a while, like a ghost kid like stands behind you or like your kid like gets into art, which like, ooh. Like, <laughs> no, not the humanities. Like, I don't give a shit. Like, anyways, that's 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 my take. Love it. Should we uh, should we shimmy into our final segment? You can shimmy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna walk over there like a respectable adult. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, all right. Well, our final uh, segment of the show is our <clears throat> what the fandom segment, in which we share. Uh, <laughs> a couple things that we're into at the moment that may or may not have anything to do with ancient Babylonian deities. So, uh, Khalid, um, what the fandom with you this week? Thanks for asking, Joe. Um, my what the fandom this week is it's the new Spider-Man game on PlayStation. Whatever, it's uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, there's not much to say about it. It feels weird doing a what the fandom about what's probably going to be like the best-selling game of the year um like if you don't know about it you're probably not going to get it but if you do know about it you probably are going to get it but like let me just say as someone who got it early enough and you're still maybe on the fence about getting it sooner rather than later it's fun it's great it's got two spider-mans it's the most accurate title you could have for a game it's uh they do a lot more than the first spider-man game and they build on the stuff that you liked in the first spider-man game so yeah, check it out if you are a gamer, but like me, where it's like you play maybe one game a year. This is my one, and I'm 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 fine with it. Uh, Joe, <clears throat> what the fandom with you? Thanks for asking, Cleet. I have to ask you a question though. Yeah. Is it Spider Man's or Spider Men? Well, it's hyphenated, so yeah. Spider- well, I don't know. Yeah, so it'd be Spider Man's because like okay. it's like an official title, right? I don't know. I'm I'm not I'm not trying to this is a gotcha. I'm just I'm curious. I think you're supposed to just say, "Oh, it's Spider-Man 2." Like, like two. Sp- that's that, that's the official title when there's more than one Spider-Man, or at least less than three. Spider's Man. Spiders. Uh, Spider's Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that they'll, they'll figure this out in the third into the Spider-Verse. That's yeah. where they. That's where they really get the nomenclature down. I think so. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Anyway, not for, not for us mortals. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, all right, my fandom this week. Uh, I'm going to go with a book. I think I did a book last time too, but I'm going I'm to stick with that. Um, I've about halfway through a new uh, fantasy novel I started called Legends and Lattes um, by Travis Baldry. Uh, it's a relatively newer book. It's kind of like really jump started the like a what people would refer to as the cozy fantasy genre. Um, it's about a, a story of an, like an or this woman who's an orc uh, like adventurer who like was in like a like kind of like a D and DS party where she was like slaying dragons and fighting monsters and doing that for a living, but decides to turn that all in, buy a little shop in a town, and basically set up a coffee shop because in this world coffee is like a, like a gnomish delicacy and like most people haven't tried it, so she's bringing it to this town and trying to introduce people to what the idea of a, co- a coffee or latte is. And so trying to sell that and there's like other plots of like intrigue within the city a little bit, but ultimately it's like meant to be this like just kind of like nice slice of life story that's set within this fantasy like backdrop. Um, It's kind of cool. There's some interesting like uh, other like fantasy characters and creatures that we get to meet. Um, It's just generally a pleasant story. Everyone's nice and wants success for each other. Um, There is conflict, of course, but the conflict is kind of like an external. So it's like if you're if you're if you're feeling like, you know, like really bogged down from the world like it's it's kind of a nice place to go to that feels a little cozy or like a warm blanket um that being said halfway through i think this this was a book that was like really hype for me i don't necessarily love it at this point i like it quite a bit but um i think that i think a lot of people who like the fantasy genre will find a lot to love with it so i would recommend it for sure a latte um, to love with a it? latte to like about it. it's really good thank you khalid mm-hmm. uh nikki what the fandom with you this week uh, I mean, maybe not this week. It was actually a couple weeks ago. Um, you actually got these for me. It's uh, kind of a mashup comic between Doctor Who and Star Trek, two of our favorite franchises. Um, it's called, well, there's two volumes, Assimilation 1 or Part 1 and Assimilation Part 2. So it follows kind of the, um, mostly the TNG cast or Next Generation cast from Star Trek. Um, so Picard and Data and Riker and company. <clears throat> and then um, the 11th Doctor, so um, Matt Smith and uh, the Pawns. So um, anyway, it's just it's not like anything like 
Uh, I mean, I liked it a lot, but it didn't necessarily like bring a lot of whole like new content necessarily. But it was just really fun to see those two franchises um, mashed up together and uh, battling. Um, it's basically two villains, um, kind of infamous villains from each of the franchises teaming up together. I won't say too much more than that. But um, anyway, if you're a fan of both of those properties, then uh, check it out. Um, I'm not sure where you found it. You got it for me a couple of years ago. Maybe. Uh, the internet somewhere. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it's really like in print really anymore. I think you had to definitely get it online. But yeah, I think volume one or one or two, one of them was more expensive than the other because it's harder to find. But okay. I think if you just Googled like Star Trek Doctor Who, they can find them. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. If you like them, look for it. Yeah. That rare thing called Google that some of us use. <laughs> okay. You were one of the first ones to put us on to Google, actually, if I remember. It was yeah. like 2010, 11. Everybody was like, Goo what? It was uh, actually 2013, so it was after this movie. No, you're right. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Anyways, mm-hmm. thank you, Joe, uh, techno <laughs> trendsetter yeah. galore, extraordinaire. Um, anyways, thank you, Nikki, actually. Great recommendation. Great recommendation <laughs> from both of you uh, and me. I'll give myself a little props. Uh, and yeah, thanks everybody for listening. And before I give our sign off, I just wanted to say real quick, um, you know, Frankenstein's podcast, we're not really like political or anything like that, but we have said in the past, like the one nice thing about having this platform is that like, we can just kind of take a moment to acknowledge things that we uh, are dealing with in the world. And, you know, there's a big geopolitical conflict going on right now. And uh, we don't need to get into the weeds about all of like, where anybody stands or anything on that really, it just comes down to like, this is a really stressful and hard time uh, around the world. And a lot of people are stressed out. And we hope that this podcast and like our discussions and jokes, like kind of just give you like a little bit of a break. But we also want to say that, like, we care about you. We hope you're taking care of yourself and everybody just check on on each other because, yeah, life life can be really, really difficult and confusing sometimes. And in the same way that I appreciate having friends like Joe and Nikki to, like, come on and talk with, like, find find your folks, find your people and do that, too, because, yeah, life life is long and hard and it's, it's better with friends. Well said, Khalid. Well said, indeed. Thank you. And with that being said, creep it easy.